Welcome back, brothers and sisters. As we continue our journey through the book of John, and today we're in John chapter 3, verse 14. The context of this verse has to be referred in connection with the prior verse in verse 13, so that we are able to understand the message that's being revealed by God in this verse. Let me read from this verse. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The connections between this verse and the preceding verse are two. First, Jesus moves from from explaining the new birth in terms of the categories of water and spirit used by Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 37 to a narrative passage, the well-known account of the bronze snake in the desert found in Numbers chapter 21 verses 4 to 9 which I shall read now. From Mount Hor they came out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient along the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a, per- and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. The bronze snake on the pole was the means God used to give new physical life to the children of Israel. If they were bitten in the plague of snakes, that had been sent in a, as a punishment for the persistent murmuring. By God's provision, new life was graciously granted. Why then should it be thought so strange that by the gracious provision of this same God there should be new spiritual life, indeed eternal life, as written in verse 15, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. The second point is the deepest point of connection between the bronze snake and Jesus was in the act of being lifted up. Moses lifted the snake on a pole so that all afflicted in the camp might look and live. In the same way, the Son of Man must be lifted up. The Greek verb for lifted up in its four occurrences in this gospel in chapter 8 verse 28 so Jesus said to them when you have lifted up the Son of Man then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as my father taught me and in verse 12 verse and in chapter 12 verse 32 and I when I am lifted up from the earth will draw all people to myself And in chapter 12, verse 34, 
So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the Lord that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? All these combine the notion of being physically lifted up on the cross with the notion of exaltation. This is a theological adaptation of the literal to lift up and the figurative to enhance meanings of the verb. Even Isaiah brings together the themes of being lifted up and glorified in the context of the suffering servant as found in Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. If Jesus is the one who came from heaven in verse 13, how shall he return? The synoptists think of the crucifixion and the exaltation as a temporary discrete steps. John makes it clear that Jesus returned to the glory he had with the Father before the world began. As written in John chapter 17 verse 5, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed is accomplished by being lifted up on the cross. This exaltation draws people to him, as in John chapter 8, verse 28. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And in John chapter 12, verse 32, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. If in verse 13, the Son of Man is the revealer, the one who came from heaven, here he is the sufferer and the exalted one. But it transpires that it is precisely in the matrix of suffering and exaltation that God most clearly reveals himself in the person of, the, of his Son. The theological connection between resurrection and exaltation is not infrequent in the New Testament, as it is also written in Acts chapter 2, verse 32. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being exalted at the right hand of the God, and have received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this that you yourself are seeing and hearing. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And again, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, that he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And Peter writes in his letters in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 21, 
who taught him our believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. John goes further and theologically ties together the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the exaltation. Nicodemus, of course, could not have been expected to grasp both of these connections at this time. However, the first one should have been very clear. Nicodemus was challenged to turn to Jesus for a new birth in the same way the ancient Israelites were commanded to turn to the bronze snake for a new life. Only when Nicodemus saw Jesus on the cross, or perhaps only in still later reflection on the cross, would it become clear that the lifting up, exaltation of Jesus took place as a brutal block of wood on a forsaken site outside Jerusalem. In the fourth gospel, these themes, the divine revelation, exaltation, and the obedient suffering of the Son constantly congregate around the title, the Son of Man. He must be lifted up, God's determined purpose, as in Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. By his being lifted up, Jesus, the Son of Man, will be returned to the glory he once shared with his Father. While those who turn to him as the Israelites turn to the bronze snake will experience the new birth. We Christians who today live in the revelations of the truth that has been revealed in Jesus Christ. We are witness to the truth that has been recorded in the Gospels and the Word of God. Are we to deny this truth? Are we to turn away from the cross? For when our sin has convicted us and we are burdened by our weight of understanding our purpose in this world, can we then look towards the cross and understand the worth of His blood shed for us that so that we may live in the new beginning, in the new creation, to a new eternity? Allow the Holy Spirit to convict us. Open up your hearts. The journey is not over. It is just beginning. As Christians, we have been forgiven in our faith in Christ. But the journey does not end there. It is the mirror of our lives that we must forsake and look towards Christ so that we can become examples to glorify His name. Thank you, and God bless.